0: Hello and welcome. My name is Asad. My name is Jamie. We're two surgical trainees in the north of England, and this is the podcast that aims to dissect, to probe, to anatomize, and analyze what it is to be a surgical
1: trainee. Welcome to It's Always Sunny in Surgery.
0: So today, as part of our little specialty series, Smackdown, um, we're joined by uh, two very good friends of mine, Rich Unsworth and Din, who are ortho bros in the region. Uh, We're just going to have a bit of a chit-chat about what makes ortho ortho, and uh, yeah, why it's so good. How would you rate yourselves in terms of uh, specialties? So I guess we'll just start then. What is the best thing about ortho? I of you is it just like smashing bones together that makes it so good or is it the fact that you're the only specialty that can get away with wearing brightly colored chinos
1: <laughs> all of it man all of it no, i think um for me on a serious note it, it there's there's a soft tissue element to orthopedics did you know that <laughs>
0: There's actually these things
1: called uh, tendons and ligaments and soft tissue handling. Um, But there is a joy when you get down to the bone and uh, can just uh, fix things. So for me, it's that um, ability to to see something, do something relatively quickly and see an improvement relatively quickly. It's not like medicine where you give a medication and then you wait um, several years to see if it's actually reduced the risk. Someone comes with knee pain and they've got an arthritic knee. And they're bad enough that they need a knee replacement. Most people after a knee or hip replacement they 're really good like ninety percent success rate with a hip replacement and um, i don 't think there 's any other surgery with such a hip rate kind of thing so' really good for me it's for me it 's the the ability to do that. The other thing that you 've got to remember with orthopedics is most of the time it 's it's relatively low risk compared to the other surgical specialties. I mean, you do vascular, don't you? I mean, a triple A is not something to be taken lightly kind of thing. And we don't take our joints lightly, but the actual mortality from hip replacements, less than 1%, isn't it? So Um, that's what we're dealing with compared to what you guys are dealing with with your cancers and things. So for me, it's the ability to actually do something, improve patients' lives quickly and see the results. Yeah, I'd probably
2: echo Richard's um, views, really. The only thing is, I would add, is that when an operation goes smoothly, that is probably one of the best feelings in the world. You know, when you go in and then, I don't know, say you do a scope and it's an ACL reconstruction that you're doing and the complexities involved with that, and then you do it and you feel how stable the knee is and how wobbly it was before, that's something that's also quite unparalleled. But again, trauma... Something else that you know, you you see a bone that's broken, you fix it and it's beautifully fixed, and you just feel that sense of satisfaction, and you also know that the patient's going to do well, hopefully as well. And um, if you see them walking the next day, especially enjoying arthroplasty, that that is satisfying. Do you know
0: what I mean? Do you get any satisfaction from like the tools, like Hulk Smash? Because I'll admit, like <laughs> right, when I was, I only did a little bit of orthopedics, and it, I was only allowed to play a little bit because obviously I was quite junior i did enjoy it it was very gratifying smashing things with a hammer like that was satisfying. <laughs> is that part of it um to be honest, when you've got the hammer you're more controlled in how
2: you use it because the, the bone could break and you just be okay like look i've got to use it properly yeah i can put force but you have to know how much force you can put in so i don't think maybe when i was more junior it was fun but now it's more like okay it has to be controlled and how you do it i don't know what what do you think rich
1: uh, I think I think I think um, the video of the uh, trying to smash out that tibial nail on YouTube, every yeah. that stereotype. But I would yeah. say that we do have a bit of tactile feedback. We're not just absolute <laughs> monsters, yeah, exactly, that kind of thing. And um, <laughs> you kind of you kind of are aware that when you have a an eighty year old lady with an ankle fracture, you've got to be very gentle, even yeah. when you're just put, popping in the screws and things, because a bone will crack around them. And then you'll be in a worse position than you started with. Yeah. yeah, I would say. However, we do have lots of cool kit. I must yeah. say, tonight when we're doing revisions, our theatres are full of kit, and mm. um, probably more. So it's a long time since I've been in other in other people's theatres. But you know, like we've got, we'll have. Multiple trays open for a revision, and then obviously we've we're not quite as cool as maybe neurosurgeons who have navigation for their uh, brain surgery and stuff, but we've now got robots robots are coming online you really yeah. robots, robotically, yeah. robotically assisted knees and hips kind of thing mm. to improve it, to try and improve mm. accuracy so um there's lots of different implants you can use and actually that is so,
2: quite cool you know the make or <laughs> knee striker make or knee robotically that is that is brilliant.
1: <laughs> and the the, the other brands are available i don't know if we have to say that (laughs) (laughs) um,
2: i think i think i think we're not plugging striker yeah
1: so so we've got technology now assisting us in theater as well but we do have lots of cool kit what about
0: the allure of private practice is that something that you think is a good perk of orthopedics i know pops up perhaps a lot of people skirt around the issue but i feel like
1: we can talk about it it's fine and I think the thing to say is, um, being from the background that we're going to discuss, um, maybe in a different podcast, is that I, I was very much against private practice when yeah. I first started in medicine. I, I thought it was um, uh, not, not what I wanted to do and I would just be purely NHS. I think yeah. as I've gone through, I've probably uh, changed a little bit. I can see some... Some benefits to it. Certainly, at the moment, with what COVID's done to operative exposure and numbers, I think actually to keep your skills really in tip-top shape, probably need a little bit of private practice to supplement the operating you're doing in the NHS. Oh. Um, which is probably something that's never actually been thought of. Um, but I think if if you are thinking, oh, I'd like some private practice, then orthopedics probably is a good specialty to to consider. Kind of thing. It wasn't, and still isn't my primary primary reason, but the opportunity is there if if you were so inclined, I think, to do some private practice. Uh, okay. So I think some people don't do the operating but they do medical legal reports and things. So if you think musculoskeletal stuff like one in five consultations for GPs, I think. So there's probably lots lots out there for that as well. For, yeah. I, I don't think it's a it's a easy life to run no, a, to I, run I, a I, private I, practice. I think it's actually quite taxing. And it takes a lot out of you. Certainly, I think um, some of the bosses who do have the, who who you know have a reasonable private practice, they're incredibly hardworking, and it shows. And it's not just about that. You can see in their NHS practice, they're incredibly hardworking, and that's just the nature of them. And fair play to them that they, they get the rewards, kind of thing. But hmm. um, certainly, I would say for orthopedics, you, the options are there
2: how much free time do you actually have you know if you are doing that do you actually get time on the weekends spend time with your family to actually spend that money if you're again going to be doing a private list on a Saturday um, I mean down in Bristol they work like you said um, uh, all throughout the days in the NHS then they go to the private sector they don't get home till nine ten o'clock and then they've got another say NHS list or clinic the next day
1: so same same with the guys so- same with the guys in London. Yeah. They, they work incredibly hard, and I think it's just actually to survive. Yeah. I get the impression it's just to actually, do you know, I think in London, rather than, and, rather than enjoy themselves, it's more about actually necessity to survive kind of
2: thing. I, I know. And I think the thing is, with money, the more you get, the higher expenses. So you, then, oh, you know, you have to travel first class somewhere, or you have to you know, put your school kids through the best private schools and, you know, so the expenses go up, so then you have to work harder to catch up. Yeah. Or, you know, you shop at Selfridges or Harvey Nichols or Harrods in London. Do you mean um, uh, your Marks and Spencers is no longer going to do for you? <laughs>
0: do you mean? We've just gone really existential there, but, yeah, I don't know. No, I think it's worth talking about. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, all right. What is the worst thing about orthopedics? You can be honest. Are there any real major downsides? Because... Mm-hmm. It looks like a pretty
2: gilded life from the outside in. Gone, uh, gone, go Azar. All right, fair enough. No, I was going to say, in terms of being an orthopedic surgeon, I would say the downside is how lit- litigation culture, I suppose, you know, amongst patients has increased, probably in the UK, it's not to the same level as probably what it is in the US, but you know, you can see a lot of consultants now having a very, very medical legal. Um, viewing things, you know, or approaching things in a very medical, legal way and the pressure you can tell um, and, you know, speaking to consultants, oh, they've gotten to this complaint or they have to do this. So, you can see that I think things have changed if you speak to them, oh, you know, when they were training or when they started off, it wasn't like this. And now, I think the litigation culture has actually made things more
1: challenging. What do you think, Rich? Um, I think... um don't know about litigation i think everyone's probably getting more litigation than they've ever had and that's just a cultural change and something about the nhs and um, Mm. for me i I think part of the thing is that we're kind of i don't know you always get the impression that we are oh it's orthopedics and we're just out for a laugh kind of thing i I don't think um don't get me wrong there's special other other specialities do a lot more um things that are life-saving but we do a heck of a lot of work, man. Do you, know, mm, and, yeah. do you know, there's probably not many uh, other specialities that have clinics that are maybe 40, 50 patients in the morning, and then a, mm. a trauma list in the afternoon and into an evening kind of thing. Um, mm. And I know people think we're kind of lazy and kind of shirk our responsibilities, but I would say that as well as that, if you think of um, our our trauma patients, in particular, our neck femurs, they're some of the sickest patients in the hospital. They're so frail. Yeah. Um, do you know, like, I know we've got Arthur Jerry's now, which has been an incredible godsend, but do you know when our juniors are getting bleep from A&E and said, oh, we've got A&E patients, at night they're often the only people looking after the wards as well, and these really sick yeah. patients and complex patients, and I don't think they get the, the credit. They deserve for the fact that they're managing all these complex patients on the ward and then trying to manage the um, the um, acute referrals. I'd also say it's probably quite tough as a junior doctor a junior, mm-hmm. or a, a junior kind of F2 if you're doing an orthopedic placement because um, we're kind of a decision-at-the-door speciality, aren't we? Someone goes, oh, I've got this x-ray. Can you tell me what to do kind of thing? And without the knowledge, you're kind of expected to Make decisions very quickly. And I think that can be quite daunting. It's not like um, this is a bit naughty, but you know, like when you're in general surgery, if you're not 100% sure, it's very reasonable to admit for observations. Do you know like, that grumbling, right? Iliac fossa pain. Oh, we'll just yeah. admit it 24 hours, see what it's like in the morning. You can't really admit a uh, distal radius fracture for observation, kind of thing. It's, <laughs> you need to make a decision on what's needed and things. and. I think we yeah. probably lose quite a few people at that stage because of that. And also, I think um, it's quite tough to um, be a junior in orthopaedics because the ward rounds are very, very quick. And mm. the support that you may be used to in things like um, medicine just probably isn't there. It's probably fair to say. We try our best, but the knowledge for medicine does dwindle as you go on I think I think it's um the other only other thing I would say downside wise is that um it's a long training program like all surgical stuff so yeah. I, I, you guys are probably exactly the same as me most of my mates now from uni who did anything other than surgery yeah. are established consultants or well-established yeah. GPs kind of thing and you're still doing on calls and things well oh. and if you're in a major trauma center that's still resident on call doing night's yeah. Um so it's a it is a long process to get to the end. Um so it's more of a marathon than a sprint. Whereas I think yeah. um I don't know if you've got anything to add to that, Azar.
2: I think yeah, I mean and you work so hard, you get to the end and like, you know, we're in a position where consulting jobs are limited in your region and you're having to do fellowships, or at the end you feel, Okay, look, I finished training I can do most basic things, but am I ready to start as an independent practitioner? And I don't think, you know, training for full in the elective side, like you said, it doesn't fully prepare you for that, does it? That's why you're having to do fellowships. That's why. I,
1: I think it's difficult though as well. I, yeah. I think, um, I think that's just a, a sea change as time's gone on kind of thing. I, I think for, for, from the elective side, I think, I think, unfortunately, I think COVID's COVID batters orthopedics a bit more, um, disproportionately because essentially if you think of hip and knee replacements as we were saying before they are even though they're really important for patients who are suffering they're still not cancer operations which is life-saving so if you think the winter pressures and things the first thing that seems to get dropped is elective orthopedics and mainly that means um, big joint surgery because they're the ones that actually stay in if you're having um, day case arthroscopies they carry on in and out but are your big joints that need a period of rehab in the hospital afterwards they're the ones that are going to go first, so I think maybe that's another downside to orthopedics that you'll be disproportionately um, disadvantaged by bed pressures as you go along yeah. but I think whenever winter pressure comes, the yeah, first thing yeah. that gets nailed um, and yeah. nailed knocked out of the, uh, <laughs> gets, um, gets um gets removed is elective orthopedics. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Especially in hospitals where there's a shared bed base. Yeah.
0: I thought you touched on this before. um, Fellowships and things like that and lack of consultant jobs. Is there a lot of bottlenecking at the end?
2: I think now there is at the moment. You know what Rich was saying. There's quite a lot of people coming out at the top and just not enough jobs at the moment. But I think it's in Manchester, you know, Start expanding, the merging. So who knows what will happen in the future? You know, we both hope there'll be sufficient number of jobs coming up. But um, at the moment, it feels like there's a bit of a bottleneck. I don't know. What do you think, Rich?
1: I, I think um, again. I think the mergers in Manchester over the last two years, three years. Yeah. Uh, I still think they're trying to figure out exactly what they their requirements are and what they do and don't need, kind of thing. Which yeah. is good in one sense, and the hope that they will expand and there'll be. Maybe some thoughts of elective hubs and maybe more jobs, but um, I think there are there are some bottlenecks at the end as well. I think it's difficult. Um, I think um, I'm aware that we're talking about the northwest here, but in other regions, it may not be yeah. the same at the moment. There's lots of different subspecialities, and if you all pick the same subspeciality, you're going to have a big bottleneck of that as well. Yeah, uh, yeah. but, specialities, but yeah. I think the hope is that. I don't think anyone's unemployed, put it that way. Even the people in front of us, I don't think they're unemployed. Whether they're employed as a consultant, I think that's a bit different. Mm. I, think, I think maybe, um, I think compared to other specialities, if we're selling orthopaedics, I think compared to other specialities, and I think there is an expectation that you'll do a fellowship yeah, before definitely. you become a consultant, at least one. I think now probably as well, there's actually lots of people doing multiple fellowships rather than just the one. Mm-hmm. And I think compared to some other specialities, not even just surgical specialities, I think there's other specialities where you complete training and you have a job lined up. Do you know, like you, yeah. you, you're appointing yeah. that last six months, six months before your CCT. There's an interview and there's your job. You're done. Mm-hmm. There's no um, moving around. Whereas um, I'm literally living on the motorway most weekends at the moment, going to and from my fellowship and moving around a lot, um, which is. Um, okay for me.
0: What is the biggest misconception about orthopedics? Is it that stereotype that you all meatheads, and actually you're big on poetry and classical dance, and you're men of culture? <laughs>
2: Oh my god! Yeah, I think that is a massive stereotype. I think orthopedic surgeons are, are smart people. I think I, I, I don't think there's many that aren't. And I think you know the amount of hard work you have to do to pass this exam, and the amount of stuff you have to learn. And I think it is—it's definitely much more academic than I previously thought, and than what people think as well. Um, I don't know. What do you think, Rich?
1: Um, I think um. Uh, I would pass on the poetry and chess, man. <laughs> uh, I'm a regular in the air uh, in Stratford and at Old Trafford. I have my season ticket, and that's me kind of thing. But I think I think um, the consultants I've worked with have all been incredibly hardworking, kind of thing. This notion of a nice, easy life, um, mm. I disagree. I couldn't disagree with more. I would say that they actually work. Like Trojan horses kind of thing, they are literally especially the guys who are who have decided that they want the private practice. The work yeah. they do is incredible. The volume of patients they see in a clinic day to day, the amount of stuff they do, the stuff outside of it, because it is a competitive speciality. Like probably yeah. most surgical specialities and like probably like everything at the moment, I think. I don't think there's enough training numbers for, for everyone coming through, is there? Um, but I would say that most surgeons, most orthopods are phenomenally bright, really intelligent. Yeah. Um yeah. but um I think also as well we're sometimes quite good at playing uh, playing the fool. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? Do you know, like, we we know when to bring it on and when not to, kind of thing. And mm. I think I think in orthopaedics, we're actually quite good at saying, well, actually, you know what? I know nothing about that ECG. I'm the wrong person, kind of thing. Do you know, like, Don't even attempt, kind of thing. We're, we're good at saying what we can and can't do. Mm. Um, we're quite blunt about it. Mm. Um, I would say that we know more than um, we perhaps um profess, kind of thing. Yeah, like part of our exam, you, you probably the same. You're like when you're drawing out the coagulation cascade and everything. Ah, mm. like, oh, come on, man, what's this about? <laughs> um, and like hyponatremia occasionally pops oh, up God. in things, and uh, and you're like, oh my days, kind of thing. What's this about? So <laughs> I think I think there is, but I think I think one of the good things we are good at is saying saying our limitations, and that yeah. perhaps so you know what this should be managed by someone else other than us cobbling along, we should should get some help. Because yeah. um, mm. um, I, I think, I don't know, I think there was a stereotype of orthopedics not being very particularly very helpful. Uh, I'm not sure, I always feel that when when I was on call, if someone referred something, even if it was maybe not the greatest referral, my view was that's either a person who doesn't know what they're doing and mm. um, doesn't quite know what they're doing or has absolutely no idea of anything and has just seen an x-ray with a fracture on and referred it kind of thing all of which is better if i actually just go along and spend five minutes and just sort the patient out um and that's the end of it kind of thing so i i think i thought i think we're quite helpful like that but i think i think the stereotype we have is that we're not very helpful i don't know you may be able to tell us, Asad, from a different specialist yeah. uh, perspective of us kind of thing.
0: Uh, you know, I, I I think it's been a bit up and down, but lately I've seen, because I work in the Major Trauma Centre at the minute, and oh, uh, yeah. our sort of ortho bro colleagues are very, very hands-on. They're like all hands to the pump. And actually we have quite a nice rapport going on. I see them at trauma calls all the time. We'll have a bit of a natter, chit-chat, chin-wag, do the bits. Um, they call me to look at things but I can't feel the pulse and this this leg is shattered so right, let's have a look or I'll go mm, I'm not so happy with that they've, they've they've broken this thing this thing this thing what do you want to do with that so I'd probably go along with the idea or the notion that um, you don't have to that, be nice to us man have to have <laughs> <absolutely>. <laughs> no I mean it, you know what there, there's been a lot of um, joviality and like um, warmth but maybe that happens more at a senior level like I look at someone who's similar stage to me is like ST5, ST6, whatever. We're, we're roughly at the same point, you know, you, you, you both know what you're about and um, you know, we, we both kind of get it. And I think there's a, like a little bit of fraternity there, you know, we're both surgeons, don't matter what specialty you're in. We've, we've, we've got our sort of respective interests and our respective expertise. And sometimes we need to bounce it off one another. So they've been very obliging, very, very helpful and uh, yeah, just 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 good uh, good. Well, I say blokes, good people, good people, irrespective of uh, gender, gender, <laughs> race, ethi- whatever, ethnicity, any of that stuff.
1: I, th- I think I think you've got a point there. I think the more senior you get, the more comfortable you are doing what you do.
2: Yeah,
1: I think I can, I can certainly remember as a when you're really junior F two and CT. Sometimes people would refer you stuff and you wouldn't know what it was. And there was that aggressiveness of trying to keep it away from you. Whereas yeah. I think when you get more senior, you're like, well, you know what? We'll just go and have a look at it. Yeah. We'll look at everything yeah. and then that way. But I can—I certainly yeah. remember when, when, I was a young, when I was a young whippersnapper <laughs> with dreams and ambitions kind of thing. I can, <laughs> I can certainly remember sometimes you'd be a bit awkward with referrals because you weren't 100% sure yourself, which probably isn't the yeah. way to be. But I think yeah. as soon as you acknowledge that, um, it makes things much better. Yeah. Yeah. And then if you just go along and have a look, most things come turn out all right, don't they? Certainly for us yeah. anyway.
2: Of course, just... yeah. No, you have more confidence in yourself, yeah. so you go there and you know that you know what well, I can deal yeah. with it. But like I yeah. said, it's really, you're hiding behind, it's like I don't want to go see a specialist because I don't know what I'm going to do anyway. So just back this referral off.
0: <laughs> What's one thing you wish you knew before starting?
1: Uh, length of real. Well, I knew it, but I didn't appreciate it. So I'd like to appreciate the length of training overall and the, the, uh, the actual
2: cost of it as well. What you probably you know is that maybe you'd have to do fellowships at the end and then move up and down the country. You know, you, you're not, like you said, you're not guaranteed a job at the end of it. Um, and I suppose you just meant to prepare yourself for that and your family.
0: If you had to give a bit of advice... For someone looking to get into orthopedics, just about to join and get on the
1: carousel, what would you tell them? Uh, it's a long road, but you must yeah. persevere if it's what you yeah. want to yeah. do. Yeah, um, but you need to be a hundred percent committed to it. Yeah, definitely. Um, and if at any point you think you know what this isn't for me, you probably should get off the carousel. Mm. I would say
2: it's a very it's a very satisfying specialty at the end of it all if you do persevere. You know, it depends what you want out of life, but I think, you know, if you do persevere, there are rewards at the end of it, but again, it depends on what you want out of life, really.
0: if you could cheat on your specialty with one other specialty which one would that be i know it's hard because you're all very committed
1: <laughs> so i think i think it's got to be a surgical specialty for me because like i enjoy, i do enjoy surgery probably something mm-hmm. like vascular you know i think you guys have quite a bit of fun doing what you do you know getting those triple a's and like uh, the I, th- I think probably vascular, oh. rather than... I, I think like, neurosurgery is a bit too fine for me, and, um, mm. and same with plastics, whereas vascular, I-, I appreciate what you do, man. Oh,
0: thanks.
1: I'd love, I'd, lo- I'd, love to have a, I'd love to have some of your skills as well for some of the stuff <laughs> we do kind of thing, but, uh, you know, yeah. but I think
2: vascular. Yeah, I'd probably agree. I'd probably say vascular as well, because you guys aren't scared of bleeding. You know, you see bleeding, it's just like, okay, look... We'll stop this. It's easy, but our sore we see like a wound welling up, and it's like, oh my God, get the me You know, is that the way come? Put a finger on it. You know. Get the surgery cell,
1: surgery
2: cell. Yeah. So, like, I think we're just right a bit more frantic. Right but I've seen vascular surgeons bleeding, The you know, it's welling up. It's like, okay, just put a finger on this, get proximal, you know, just control, clamp this. You know, it's just really smooth, calmness, you know, about the vascular surgeons. Like, yeah, I've seen.
0: Do you know, it's it's funny, like, I remember being like you when I was ST3 and I was doing a bit of general surgery, because we have to do a bit of general surgery, and um, oh, yeah. I uh, was doing a lap appendix or whatever, and I cut through the appendicular artery, and it's um. and it's like spurts a little bit, it just goes, <laughs> and I was like, shit, oh, get the diet, like, me on the certain grasper thing, and I was kind of losing my mind, and I called uh, my boss, and he was like, it's fine, it's like and then uh, just last week, I was doing an, an operation, a redo operation, and... Um, all of a sudden I was like it, 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 little hole and it just sprayed up in my face and I've got like a visor filled with blood and it's sort of dripping off off, off my you know the scrub cap and my uh, face mask and all the rest of it and I was like um don't mean to panic anyone but i think i found the artery uh that's the good news but the bad news is i've uh, put a hole in it so uh get me a a stitch and a clamp. that'd be pretty good Um, (laughs) and i think like that is probably the the one thing that i'm really grateful for about doing is it makes you a lot more zen with the idea of bleeding you realize yeah all bleeding stops eventually (laughs) (laughs) all right so which other specialty do you most admire? Whether that's for um, like technical reasons, prestige, respect, whatever. Which other surgical specialty do you think is 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 the biggest need? I
2: think neurosurgery. I think you know the complexities involved in neurosurgery. I mean,
0: I'm, I've never been to
2: neurosurgical theatre, but I can just imagine um, uh, you know it's pretty impressive surgery, fine surgical skills, and I suppose that, that's probably the
1: one surgical specialty I'm a bit of an off. Uh, what about you, Rich? Oh, I go plastics, me, man. Would you? I think um, they're not confined to one system, are they, kind of thing, do you, know, uh, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. They've got, they've got micro skills, they've got macro skills, they can uh, re- replant, they can do all sorts. They can help us okay. cover uh, nasty defects. They do a bit of uh, microvascular work, you know. I've, <laughs> there's been on occasions... I'm afraid that I've not, uh had problems with um, blood supply and actually gone to plastics rather than vascular. I must say. Uh, I can only apologize you know, <laughs> I like kind of So you know, I think they've got this this massive general skill set, and um like, there isn't very much they can't do, I don't think you know. Mm. Um, all I would say is it takes a long time for them to do it. <laughs> but, you know, if a, if a job's worth doing, you may as well do it well and take your time, kind of thing. But um, yeah, yeah, I think I think they've got a huge skill set of um, and a huge repertoire. So I'm quite envious of them.
0: Uh, right. Last question. So based on stereotypes, which surgical specialty do you think you could take in a fight?
1: I think we'd batter them all, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> There's, mo- there's more of us than them, put it <laughs> way, to start off with. There's probably about 10 of us to each one of them. Yeah. Um, even our uh, female colleagues, I think, have um, quite fiery personalities. Yeah, they're pretty
0: solid. They're, I'm not going to lie the Yeah, ass, yeah.
1: yeah they're, they're really nice people, but when you cross them, I think they'd uh, absolutely destroy anyone as well, so... Yeah, yeah, I think um, I think just intimidation is probably the way to do it, <laughs> rather than resorting to violence. Everyone's, got to love everyone, but just intimidation. I think we take everyone. I'm not scared of anyone. <laughs> I, I agree. Actually, yeah, I think
0: about that. I don't care about, about. Yeah, I was I, thinking. I was thinking. Who would I? If if I had fight. to fight, I reckon I could take E N T. Like if we had to take consignment, I reckon we could take E N T. That'd be okay. Or uh, breast, it could be, or urology, but I don't think we could take ortho one. Like, there's no way we'd just get wrecked.
1: I don't know about you guys, but the, in Arthur, there seems to be an incredible number of people who've got some incredible sporting background. Kind of thing as well, it just makes you even feel even worse and more inferior. <laughs> and you're, like, oh yeah, I was there in the Olympics. <laughs> <You're> like, what? <laughs> You know, the, as I'm sat there just eating my second pack of Haribo of today, and going, oh God. <laughs> second you have know, got you know, some elite athletes sitting over there, ready to kill, kind of thing." I, I know I know of one general surgeon in the region who'd probably batter everyone, but he wouldn't batter all like ninety of us diving on him. So, yeah,
0: really. yeah, yeah. I'm still I'm
1: still backing us for the win.
0: Yeah, I agree, I agree,
1: but hopefully it never comes to it because we're all uh, <laughs> yeah. that nice to each other and uh, exactly. the yeah. new the the new world order of. Newer consultants is just harmonious and uh, less uh, less aggressive to each other. Mm. Mm.